So today's Father's Day, and I feel like I should let you guys know I'm a 34-year-old father of two. And I, man, I couldn't think of a better, thank you, loan clapper. Uh, th- uh, I, I couldn't think of a better way to spend my Father's Day than with my family at Sanctuary. So thank you guys for having Oh, other than my real family <laughs> that is at home without me right now. Uh, just kidding. They uh, took me out to ice cream last night, so it was great. Uh, so I'm so excited to be here. We're continuing, like they said, we're continuing fruitology. We're going to talk about the fruits of the Spirit, and tonight we're going to talk about kindness. And I want to start our time uh, by doing something a little unusual. I want to uh, tell you why I think kindness uh, may be a little outdated, that kindness might be irrelevant in our culture, that kindness uh, might not be the best strategy for you to have in our modern culture, okay? So here we go. Here's the top three reasons I think you might want uh, to think wisely whether you choose kindness or not. This might be a fruit of the Spirit you just want to forget, okay? So the top three reasons. The first reason is kindness doesn't help you get ahead. That's right. Okay, that's right. Kindness doesn't help you get ahead, okay? So if you want to climb the ladder, if you want to gain huge influence, if you want to appear successful, man, kindness might not be the best strategy for you. We don't have to look hard to find that gaining great power, uh, some of the most powerful positions in all of the world, uh, you can be mean-spirited. You can be petty. You can use your words to bully others. Are you with me here? Kindness might not be a great strategy for you if this is your goal, okay? It could actually be hindrance. I might advise you to do the opposite of kindness if you want to get ahead in life, okay? Uh, Second reason is sometimes kind people get walked over, okay? The ultimate book on authority, the Urban Dictionary, defines walked over as to treat someone badly and to make them do what you want without respect for their feelings. If you're a kind person and people figure that out, uh, they might try to take advantage of you. Uh, You might get ditched by a friend uh, for a cooler friend. You might get passed over for a job. Uh, Finish this phrase with me. Nice guys finish. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. That was good. That was good. Uh, You guys said it. Nice guys finish last, right? Uh, Kind people can get walked over. Okay, last reason. Thanks for bearing with me here. Uh, Kindness won't help you gain followers, and I'm mainly talking about social media here, okay? Uh, One of my favorite phrases right now is the phrase hot take. I love that phrase. Uh, Everybody on social media has a hot take. Like, it could be a hot take on LeBron versus MJ. It could be a hot take on Drake versus Pusha T. I don't know either of those people, but, you know, they're on social media. Everybody that gains attention on social media has a hot take, has an extreme viewpoint, an angry rant. Man, that's the way you gain attention. Uh, if, if, tell me this. If a person were to tweet this, um, if they were to tweet, I, I just baked some cookies and I took them to a friend's house because they were bummed out, and I sat and listened to her for two hours. That's not a very hot take. That's a mild take at most, and uh, I don't think that's going to go viral. So 
If you want to gain followers and a following on social media, kindness might not be the best strategy for you. And obviously, uh, hopefully you guys know, I'm being a little silly and facetious and funny, but if we're honest, there are some legitimate reasons to not be kind in our culture. There's some legitimate reasons that I can see. But maybe you're like me, and maybe you think our culture is a little backwards. And maybe you think our culture is a little upside down, and maybe you want to be countercultural. Maybe you want to be different than the norm. And man, I hope this is true of you. Maybe you want to change the world and make it better. And if that's the case, man, kindness is a valuable and irreplaceable strategy. And this is what I want you to hear tonight. Kindness is a countercultural act that has the power to change the world. I'll say it again. Kindness is a countercultural act that has the power to change the world. And I really believe that. Uh, if we look in scripture at Titus, we see this. In Titus 3, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. He saved us, bless you, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. See, our culture is built on power and self-centeredness, but the kingdom of Jesus is built on kindness and mercy. Jesus didn't come as a power-hungry, ruthless king. He came as a king full of kindness and grace. And so uh, why is kindness countercultural? Um, you know, in our culture, we like to, to form tribes, right? Uh, I like to be in a tribe of people that look like me and think like me. Uh, the right group versus the wrong group, the Americans versus the other country, Republicans versus Democrats, uh, Yanni versus Laurel, uh, I'm a Yanni guy myself, personally. Uh, but we like to form these tribes uh, and go against our other tribes. But the beautiful thing about the word kindness is it originates from the word kin, K-I-N. Uh, kin, as in of the same kin or race. Uh, in the South, where I'm from, we still use this, this word and phrase. Uh, we, we might say, hey, I'm kin to him. He's my cousin. And that's what we say in the South. And it's right for you to make fun of me for saying things like that. Uh, but the beautiful thing about kindness is it's the very word is a reminder that we are of the same blood, that we are kin. Uh, every human being, every man and woman is created by God our Father. And we are brothers and sisters. We're of the same family. There's no tribes and so uh, today, as we talk about kindness, we, we remember that Jesus was the master of kindness. As we seek to follow him and we desire to change our world with kindness, uh, for the rest of our time, I want to talk about three levels uh, of kindness that we can journey into as we seek to follow our master in kindness, all right? 
So here we go. Here's the first level that I will lovingly call uh, warm, fuzzy kindness, okay? Uh, warm, fuzzy kindness. Warm, fuzzy is an awkward phrase that I do not like saying. Uh, warm, fuzzy, just turn to somebody and look them in the eye and try to say seriously, warm, fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Uh, if, yeah, if you think a 34-year-old man should never say the word warm, fuzzy, that makes two of us. Uh, I have a picture I want to throw up there. That's a, that's a dog taking care of little bunnies. If that doesn't give you warm fuzzy, you're an animal, okay? Uh, warm fuzzies, it's an awkward phrase, but it's a real thing. Check this out. This is uh, according to research from Emory University. When you are kind to another person, your brain's pleasure and reward centers light up. Like most medical antidepressants, kindness stimulates the production of serotonin. This feel-good chemical heals your wounds, calms you down, and makes you happy. Warm fuzzies are a real thing, and kindness can bring them. So this first level of kindness, a warm fuzzy level, uh, are things like baking cookies. It's like being nice to waiters. It's opening doors, helping people carry their groceries. It's all these little small acts of kindness. And man, I got to be honest, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, this level should be like second nature to us. It should come so naturally, uh, but we still get it wrong all the time. Uh, I used to work for Starbucks. And, okay, thanks. Uh, I used to work for Starbucks. And, uh, man, I ran into, of course, a lot of people that were entitled and were rude customers. Um, you know, I'd have the customers who would send back their drinks because it was not the correct weight. Uh, I'd have customers that would walk up and order their drink while talking on the phone and then act like I was the annoying one when I asked them a question. You know, they'd be like, hold on a second. What was that? I'm like, what drink do you want? <laughs> it's, it's the worst. But the very worst was on Sundays. And none of our workers like to work Sunday mornings because there would be people that would come through the drive-thru and they would order tons of pastries and drinks that they were bringing for their Sunday school at church. And they were in such a rush to get to Sunday school and church that they treated our workers like garbage. I mean, how weird is that? They were on their way in a hurry to learn about the kindness and the mercy and the generosity and the love of Jesus. And on their way, they treated us like garbage. It's, it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Uh, kindness, this first level, should be second nature, but we get it wrong all the time. Uh, how about for you? I mean, are you kind uh, at 5 p.m. in Bay Area traffic? Maybe not all the time, right? Uh, how kind are you when a waiter gets the, your order wrong or you're talking to a customer service person who's not very helpful? For me, uh, it's when I'm talking to one of those uh, airport agents and they uh, can't help me out. Uh, man, we get this one wrong all the time. And I think the key to mastering this level of kindness uh, comes from one of my favorite verses in all of scripture, uh, Genesis 1.26, which says this, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And we get uh, from this verse the theological concept called imago Dei, 
which simply means in his image. And the idea is that every single person, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, regardless of job title, regardless of choices, sexual preferences, every single person was made by God with love and intention in the image of the creator. And so that means every single person is valuable. And we, as followers of Jesus, should see people as valued creations, images of God. That means homeless people. That means waiters. That means every single person in this room to be able to see them as Jesus sees them. Man, we should be warm, fuzzy machines. Uh, this should be second nature to us. And the world-changing power of kindness, it starts here uh, with these simple and easy acts of kindness, uh, but it, it can't stop here. We have to continue on. So the second level uh, is what I would call inconvenient kindness, okay? So I talked to a friend this week about this topic, and she said, I feel like I'm, pr I'm a pretty kind person until I'm with someone who annoys me. <laughs> and I was like, yes, exactly. That's the issue, right? Like, it's easy to be kind to people we like. It's easy to be kind to people when we're comfortable. Uh, but the second level is harder than the first because it's going to require something of us. We're going to have to give something. And sometimes that something is being kind to people that we deem as difficult. And so I put together uh, this little scientific graph of uh, the people that are difficult <laughs> in my life. As you can see, it's scientific graph. If we look right here, so this is just for me. Uh, loud phone talkers in public. Uh, when I go to work at a coffee shop, I always sit next to the person who's talking on their phone the entire time, right? Uh, the people that take two parking spots, if that's you, please stop. It's so annoying when you, you circle around, you find, you're like, oh, yeah, I got one. Nope, I can't fit in there. Uh, people that stare at their phone while talking, eh, we all do that a little bit, right? But we need to stop. It's the worst. When you're next to a person, you're trying to talk to them. They're on their phone their whole time. You're like, I'm so glad you're here. The next one, people that say the word moist. Who does that? I hate the word moist. Does anybody, anybody else with me? Yeah, there's one person there that's with me. Uh, man, that's difficult for me. And then the last one, this is the, obviously this is the biggest part of the graph, as you can see. Uh, according to science, the, the biggest one for me is uh, when people start off a sentence and think they can get away with anything by starting the sentence by saying, no offense, but, and then they've get, got clearance to say anything they want about me. No offense, but I don't like your voice. <laughs> I take offense to that. I take offense to that. So that's the thing, that's the biggest thing for me. So your list, your, your graph may look different than mine. Uh, but this second level of kindness, inconvenient kindness, requires more from us. It requires something from us. Uh, and it's not just difficult people. Uh, sometimes this is going to require time. You know, I'm an introvert. I love my, uh, my book time, my Netflix time, my alone time. But sometimes, in order to be kindness to other, uh, to kind to others, uh, it's going to require my time. 
uh, might require money. You know, I've been wearing this shirt. If you were at church this morning, uh, we're starting a partnership with Compassion International, and we're trying to sponsor kids uh, across the world who are impoverished. I mean, it's inconvenient to give a portion of money every month, especially uh, people our age that are trying to start a career. Uh, but in order to show the kindness of Jesus, uh, sometimes it requires something of us. A few years back when my dad passed away, there was a group of my friends uh, that drove 12 hours from Chicago to Oklahoma, and uh, they had to drive back the next day. And they drove 24 hours in a span of two days, uh, extreme inconvenience. They had to do the, the uh, gas station bathrooms. They had to drive through Missouri. They, extreme inconvenience <laughs> just so they could be with us in our time of need, and they could sit with us, and they could show us kindness and care and love. And man, that is an act of kindness. I remember every single person that, that made that drive. It was inconvenient for them, but it showed me the kindness of Jesus. Maybe the best example uh, that we can find of inconvenient kindness is uh, the story of the Good Samaritan in uh, Scripture. And we've heard that story, many of us have heard that story a lot, and so it sort of loses its power at times. Uh, but it's such a powerful example of what inconvenient kindness is. Uh, there's a man walking uh, down the street, and he's robbed and beaten and left for dead. And then a, a priest, and after him, a religious leader, uh, walk by. And they are unwilling to inconvenience themselves enough to help this man. And then uh, another man who is a part of a different tribe, an enemy tribe, he not only stops to help the man, but then he pays for the man to be taken care of and nursed back to health. This is a beautiful and perfect example of, the, of what we've talked about so far. This man uh, was part of a different tribe, but he looked at the man uh, on the ground, and he saw him as kin, the same family, same blood, regardless of tribe. He saw the Mago Dei in this man. He saw him as a valued image of God creation. And then finally, he was willing to inconvenience himself uh, by giving his own money to pay for this stranger's uh, hospital bills. Just a beautiful act of kindness. And I think the key to this level is to somehow view others as greater than yourself. We see in Philippians 2, uh, it says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. We have this tendency to view ourselves sort of as like the main character in a movie, the protagonist, and everything revolves around us. Uh, but Jesus had a way of viewing others as the most valuable person in the room. And if we're going to follow him, our master, into world-changing kindness, we have to learn to value others above ourselves. Now, let's go to the third level of kindness. This is the master level. And this is what I would call sacrificing kindness. And here at the master level, uh, we find the master himself, Jesus. Again, in Titus 3, it says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, 
Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And then in John 15, uh, 13, classic verse says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. See, out of kindness, Jesus sacrificed his very life for us. This is the master level. This goes beyond warm, fuzzy kindness. This goes beyond an inconvenient kindness, but a kindness that is willing to give their very life for others. There's this man named Dirk Williams uh, in the 1500s in Europe. Uh, he was a, a follower of Jesus, and in his, uh, his particular tribe, they were being persecuted and killed for their beliefs. And uh, Williams was captured, uh, but then he was able to escape. And as he was escaping and running away, uh, there was a man chasing him and following him. And Williams came to a frozen pond, and he was able to get to the other side. But the man chasing him uh, fell into the frozen pond and cried out for help. And in that moment, uh, Williams had a choice. He could choose to uh, go free. He could choose to save his own life and uh, maybe be free forever. Or he could choose to go back and risk his freedom and his life to save the other man. And that's, that's what he chose. He saved this man's life, and uh, he didn't escape. He was persecuted and killed later. And it's such a moving story. I've always uh, been moved by that story because this is the master level. This is Jesus-type level of kindness. And you know, you and I, in today's world, uh, will we ever have to physically give our life for someone else? Maybe, uh, but, but not likely. But you and I still have the same choice that he had in that moment. We still have the same choice of deciding to save our own life, to live for ourselves, or to give up our life for the sake of others. To give maybe our dreams and our ambitions and our wealth and our goals to sacrifice those for the sake of others. This is how revolutions are started. When people sacrifice, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., he gave his life and sacrificed it for racial justice. Mother Teresa gave her life for the impoverished in India. Uh, one of a modern example that I really like, a, a lady named Jessica Jackley started uh, a company that does microloans uh, all across the world that helps uh, impoverished people uh, start businesses. And for you and I, you know, it may not look this epic or extreme, but we all have to ask this question as followers of Jesus, will I give up my life for something greater, for the sake of the world? And this is the ultimate level of kindness. If we are willing to follow Jesus into these three levels, I truly believe this kind of kindness can change our world, can change our world. So the question and uh, the thought from the beginning, is kindness outdated? It may appear so at times. It may appear that kindness is irrelevant, but I believe more and more the world is desperate for people that live out this countercultural act. So I'm going to have the band uh, come up.
And I, I want us to wrestle with this question as we uh, go into a time of worship. And the question is this, how, how can I master these levels? And like all the fruits of the Spirit, man, this is really, really tricky. We can't just will these things to happen. Uh, these fruits of the Spirit are like real fruits. They're grown and they're produced. And they're cultivated by a closeness with Jesus. Uh, and I've got a four-year-old daughter right now, and she lately has been saying these extremely adult words and phrases, and it's really cute. Uh, earlier this week, she was like, Daddy, Daddy, literally? I just saw a butterfly in our yard, literally. I'm like, okay, okay. wow, okay. And actually, uh, this afternoon, she was like, man, we have to do that right away. We have to do that ape sap. <laughs> I was like, I, th I think I know what you're talking about there. Uh, but uh, it's so cool to see this four-year-old girl start developing uh, my wife and my characteristics. It's because of her proximity to us. She's literally with us uh, every moment of the day, and she's developing our character. She's watching us. She's walking with us. And so that's how we grow the fruits of the Spirit. We walk with Jesus. We stay in proximity to Him. We stay in constant prayer. We meditate on His words. And we journey with Him. So I want to pray for us. If you just close your eyes and bow with me. As we pray, uh, just ask you to, to take 30 seconds of reflection. I like to do this um, at the end of sermons, just a time to think about how do I apply this to my life? So I'm going to give you 30 seconds to think about kindness, to think about different levels, to think about ways you can step outside of your convenience, ways you can sacrifice your life. So take 30 seconds and reflect on that. Jesus, would you show us, show us the way. You are our master. Would you inspire us and teach us how to walk with you, to be close to you? Jesus, would you show us how to see others as you see them? as a valuable creation of God. Would you change our hearts? Make us more like you. Would you help us to change this world with the power of your love and your kindness and your mercy? Show us how to live for you in every moment, every relationship, every situation. 
Jesus, we give you this time. Would you, would you continue to speak to us and continue to meet with us as we worship your name? It's your name we pray. Amen.